Reflections from Torch Trust, focusing on Christian faith and sight loss. Hello and a very warm welcome to Reflections, the show from Torch Trust that focuses on faith and disability in today's world. I'm Marilyn Baker and I'll be your host for the next half hour. We have a great show lined up for you today, but first let's kick things off with some music. This is You Have Been There by Stephen McWhirter. Nothing takes you by surprise Nothing wrong that you can't make right One thing remains you never change your
Now you may be aware that actor David Suchet recorded an audio version of the entire Bible, one that you'll have heard extracts from if you're a regular Reflections listener. Well, shortly after this audio Bible was released, our producer, Grace, had the chance to interview David Suchet. We'd like to share this recording with you once again, in celebration of this amazing piece of work. Here are Grace and David now. I, I wanted to ask, why did you want to do this project? I think there are several answers to that, or a couple of answers to it anyway. One was because as, a, as an actor... And as a young actor, for many, many years when I was a young actor, this is before my Christian conversion in 1986, I've all, always held the belief that some of the most dramatic and extraordinary stories ever to be written, whether one believed them or not, uh, from my point of view at that time, were to be found in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And I read some of those stories, uh, as a young actor, we also read them at drama school every now and again to sort of improve the way we, we read stories and, that, and those sort of things. Mm. And it was something that, that was, I think, begun then. And then after my Christian conversion, I thought, well, you know, I am an actor and I do have a, a voice and I understand scripts and texts. And it would be a wonderful thing um, to get the Bible out of its, if you like, its covers and into the open with hearing the voice of God and hearing the word of the Lord, which is what you keep reading about in the mm. Bible. Yeah. When you open the Bible and read it, you never, you never see the words, read the word of the Lord. And I think that's because a lot of people for whom the Bible were written were probably illiterate. But what it does say is, hear the word of the Lord. And there's a great difference between hearing and reading. Mm. Um, if you can't read well, then you can hear. If you can't hear well, you can read. And you can see, you can, you know, you can read. But the thing about hearing is that you actually take in the, 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 the sound and the meaning and the words. When you have a conversation with somebody, it's a very intimate thing. You, you receive into your body, through your ear, what is being spoken. And it becomes, it becomes inside you. It's, when I was recording it, for example, I was hearing it as well as speaking it, which was the most extraordinary sensation. So those two reasons, a long answer to your question, <laughs> forgive me, but I think as a young actor, the most dramatic stories ever written were in the Bible, and I've always wanted to speak it. And then as a Christian, I wanted to give to the Christian world and the non-Christian world as well. This is just not for Christians. Mm. This is for all faiths, if you like, who believe in, in, in the one God. Mm. And the one God of the, the three religions is, is the one God of Judaism and Christianity and, and indeed the Muslim faith. And I didn't do it just to be evangelical either. Mm. That's not the way I do things at all. Yeah. Um, and you talked about uh, becoming a Christian, and I've heard that you became a Christian through reading the Bible. Yes, um, I did. I became a Christian through reading the Bible, which was another reason why I wanted <laughs> to, to record the Bible. Yeah. And what made you pick the Bible up that first time? 
Oh, it was just a, a really mysterious set of circumstances. Um, the, the, the whole, I won't go into the whole of, uh, of my conversion experience, but I became fascinated with uh, life after death. Um, and I was thinking about my late grandfather and always thinking that he was a spiritual guide. And if I thought that he was a spiritual guide, why did I not at that time believe in life after death? That seemed very strange. That was an anachronism in my in myself that uh, I would believe that my, my grandfather's spirit was still with me after he died. And yet I don't believe in anything happening after you die. So that was <laughs> very strange. So, and I remembered that uh, uh, the Bible, the New Testament, is full of... Um, uh, stories of this one person who, um, so we're told, um, lived after he died. He came back. That's what I remember. So I, I went to the Bible, mm. and I, and I, in fact, I went to Romans because I didn't want, I didn't want to go into the Jesus story at that time because I, long time ago, I did religion for for examinations and I wasn't really interested. So I, I read Romans um, because uh, I knew St. Paul lived. I knew that he was real. And I knew that um, he wrote these letters in the New Testament. So I, I read the letter that he wrote to the Romans. And uh, that, was, that was the beginning of the big change. All right. So you felt when, when reading it, it kind of spoke to you. It, it meant something to you from the beginning? Or, or did you need time to get into it? Yes. Um, by the t from Romans, I'm always quoted as Romans 8, but it was really from, from about Romans 7 on. Hmm. I suddenly was reading um, a way of life that um, I, to which I wished to aspire. And I'd been searching for this, I suppose, all my life, having grown up in the 60s and, um, you know, with the Beatles and the, and the gurus and all that sort of thing. And we were brought up, you know, there's more to life than just what, that which you can see or feel or, or experience. Hmm. And it was, the, it was the letter to the Romans that really, really touched my whole being and made me want to to aspire as i said to this whole ethos and way of life and then of course that that drove me and led me into um, reading about the originator of these beliefs which was of course jesus himself open your ears open your eyes look round about you in the earth and the skies don't turn away Hear what I say, read my word, it will give you light every day. See the world struggling in conflict, walking deeper into night. Satan bringing fear and confusion, making people think darkness is
That was my song, Open Your Ears. Now, let's go back to Grace and David. Having done this whole project, do you feel like it's given you a, a fresh sense of what the Bible as a whole is saying? Well, I think what it has given me, apart from anything else, is what a lot of people never have the chance to or, or don't do, which is read it from beginning to end. Hmm. Um, I, in my own experience, and this is certainly not a criticism, but in my own experience of meeting many, many, many Christians, um, the, the, the Bible is still a, um, a closed book, apart mm. from several passages. They've never, uh, uh, you know, it has never actually been read from beginning to end. Of course, in the preparation of, uh, of my reading, my eyes were even more opened because I couldn't just pick the Bible up or the books or the various pieces I was going to read uh, and just read them uh, because that would have been very immature and wrong of me. So I had to study each book uh, in great detail uh, as to when it was written, who may have written it, what was its purpose, who were they writing for, and putting it into its context before recording one word mm. of each book. So I, if you like, I gave myself... <laughs> <laughs> unwittingly, a complete Bible course, as well as recording it. <laughs> wow. So it sounds sort of a bit like maybe the process for preparing for a play or something. That's a complete rehearsal. Well, it was, it was as detailed as that. Mm. And I suppose it had to be, really. We're looking back. Mm. If it took me over 250 hours to record, it certainly took me longer than that to prepare. Wow, it sounds like an absolutely huge undertaking. What was the process like for actually doing it? How did you organise that? Well, it was very, very difficult because when I decided to record it, I had this wonderful CTVC, um, the, the company, it was very near me over Tower Bridge and um, they, they said that I could use their studios. I was, re I was in the West End at the time um, doing Long Day's Journey into Night, which is a three-and-a-half-hour play in the West End. And I started recording when I w had the odd bit of daytime free. But I found that uh, with the preparation, because um, each, each book would take me you know, at least a week to prepare. Mm, huh. And so with, with all that preparation and then going into reading, I, I, I found myself so exhausted. I really was not doing the play. Uh, much good. <laughs> I was too tired, and my and I believed that I wasn't really doing that well reading reading the Bible because um, I wasn't f fully concentrated because I got to a state of total exhaustion. So I had yeah. to stop, and then I picked it up again um, about five months later, um, just before I started my last Poirot series, and then. Um, I went in after the Poirot series had finished. That was another six months later, and did it again. And and then I was able to fin, you know, to to complete the reading. Mm. But it was a, it was a huge. <laughs> looking back on it now, it was a huge undertaking to do when I was still working, uh, you mm. know, doing other other major work as well at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds it sounds like a lot of work, and I think. It, shows how much you must have cared about it to be doing it when you are so busy. Well, I was, in a sense, I, 
I felt that if I don't do it now, I'm ne I'll never ever do it. I had tried to read the Bible. I tried to get companies to let me record the Bible so many times, mm. so many, you know, recording um, companies. Uh, I've tried to set it up and tried to set it up, and it's never happened. It's never really worked. Mm. And this was the first time that all the pieces fell together, you know, fell down and sort of, this is the moment, it had to be now. Mm. So I just grabbed it because I, I just knew this opportunity may never come again. Well, we'll be hearing the second part of Grace's interview with David Suchet next week, so do tune in for that. David Suchet's audio Bible is available from Torch Trust in Daisy CD and Megavoice. I'd like to share something from it with you right now. As today is the second Sunday of Advent, I thought it would be lovely to hear a piece about preparing the way for the Lord. So here's an extract from Isaiah chapter 40. A voice of one calling. In the wilderness prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, Cry out. And I said, What shall I cry? All people are like grass, and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. With everything within me, I declare your glory.
voices and we say hallelujah for you are God, you are Lord and you reign forever and ever. You, you inhabit the praises of your people. We give you unreserved praise. We say you are Lord, you are Lord. God by Jeremine Gordon. You're listening to Reflections, and I'm sorry to say we're nearly at the end of our show today, but before we go, it's time to hear from Reverend Hannah Jeffrey and her series on retreats. Let's go over to Hannah now. again for the next one in my uh, kind of mini series that I'm doing um, on reflecting on my sabbatical inviting you to kind of almost enter into a mini retreat with me and today I want to share one of the other experiences I had when I was on retreat which um, was a surprise to me and it might I don't know whether it'll be a surprise to you but it left me with a question that I've I've continued to ponder over the weeks and I invite you maybe to ponder it for yourself So I think on about the second day of my retreat, I was having one of my intentional prayer times and I was just sitting in silence. I was actually sitting in a a kind of a converted little garden shed, looking over the amazing ground and the spectacular views um, over Wales. And um, I had this sense of God saying to me, Hannah, I want you to hold me which really threw me because kind of I'd been thinking I want God to hold me. And often we talk about that, don't we? We we talk about God holding us. But it was a really profound sense of God asking me to hold him. And I sat with that for a while and thought that obviously, you know, we we do often, we often see pictures, don't we, of Mary holding uh, the Christ child as a baby. Um, And that, that kind of got me thinking too about actually, we remember at Christmas, and of course we're, we're, get, we're about to come into that season of Advent, we're not far off that now, of, 
of um of of Jesus coming as a as a vulnerable tiny helpless baby and we we can be so, we can so often talk about God as the all powerful one and of course that is true but there's another side of that coin that that God actually also showed himself as a vulnerable one and there was something for me about almost having the sense of God saying actually just as God is there to hold me and to love me, he needs the same from me. He needs my holding. And so I, I, I don't in some ways have the answers, but I, I pose the question of what does it mean to be holding Jesus? Maybe it means sometimes to be holding him enough to, to see what it is that makes him weep. What makes him weep over the things in my life? What makes them weep over the things in the world and, and to weep with them and to, to kind of have that sense of holding him. So we're, we're in it together um, rather than just being dependent on Jesus. There was something for me about actually he's dependent on us as we are on him in some kind of way. And I, I don't mean that heretically. I'm, in no way am I suggesting that, that we are God uh, because we're not. Um, but there is something very unique, I think, about the fact that Jesus came as a tiny, helpless, vulnerable baby. Philippians, you know, talks to us about him emptying himself, about his vulnerability. And how do we respond to that? So maybe in this next week, if you, if you are responding to that challenge to make some intentional times of space, maybe you might just want to reflect, you know, what does that mean for you to be holding Jesus? I don't necessarily have the answer that you might have. But it could provide some interesting discussion. Maybe you might want to talk about it with others. Do talk about it with me. Let's think about holding Jesus together. Maybe as you're taking times of quiet and of silence, you might just want to almost kind of just have Jesus in your arms as you look down at him, as he, as he would as, as an, with a newborn baby. Imagine holding a newborn baby. Imagine that's Jesus in your arms, looking at him, holding him, being close to him. God bless. If you've missed any of Hannah's retreat pieces, you can catch up on YouTube. Just search for St Giles Desborough. If you want to purchase a copy of David Suchet's audio version of the Bible or to find out more about any of the Christian literature and resources available from Torch, please do get in touch. We supply the Bible in various large print sizes, audio versions including Daisy and Megavoice and select books of the Bible in Braille. To find out more about all of this and more, visit our website, torchtrust.org, or call us on 01858 438 260, or email info at torchtrust.org. That's all from us today, so until next time, from me, Marilyn, and everyone on the Reflections team, goodbye and God bless. You've been listening to Reflections from Torch Trust.